What up? Welcome to another free basketball Grizzlies edition. Today I have a guest on with us that is from the Lead Sports Media. He covers the 76ers and he's also got a lot of other good things going on. And so I present to you Tim Andrews. How's it going, Daniel? Glad to glad to be here. Absolutely, man. What's uh so what's been going on with you these days? Uh, not much really. I'm just like, I live in DC, so it's been kind of hectic, but aside from that stuff, like just staying inside because of all the pandemic stuff, working on trying to build out a DFS lineup optimizer, but other than that, just watching the Sixers, watching the Eagles turn into a mess. So that's all fun. That is awesome. Well, I am your host on this show. I'm Daniel Greer. Uh, we'll get into some uh, some good things with Tim today. Uh, we're going to hit on the 76ers a lot. Uh, since he is in D.C., uh, I might ask some things that are uh, surrounding sports only. We're not going to get crazy, but I would like to know some thoughts on you know the local feel for maybe Bradley Bill in that area. Uh, we'll also stay in the east with the, uh, the new look Nets. So we'll kind of get into that. But first... As you heard last week, we had Ryan Meadows on here, who is our host of the NBA podcast, part of Free Basketball. I had him go through what we call now clutch time. Clutch time will be very simple. Ryan went on way too long. So, Tim, don't do not do that. He told I me I every – I don't talk as much as he does. Oh, my – dude, he – just Ryan, he kept going and going and going. <laughs> I, I swear this segment – was supposed to be maybe a minute or two, not long. It's maybe 10 to 15 questions, depending on how long you go. Um, we put all, you know, the questions out and he took five minutes. So um, it's very easy. I will change this up to the listener. I will change this up more. I kind of want to get another feel for the kind of exact same questions before I kind of move on and kind of uh, change them up. So this will be very, very simple, very quick. You give me either this or that question. You give me a short answer. Um, if you want to go into detail, feel free. Uh, the funnier the story, the better. So, Tim, you ready for clutch time? Let's do it. All right. Spring or fall weather? Um, spring. It had to make, you know, I, I like both. It's hard to choose. Yeah, I just spring because you can start golfing and it gets warm. That's mine too. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. If you could own one vehicle, what would it be? Man. That's a good question. Long thoughts. I know. I don't, I'm not a big car person. Um, do you own a car? I do own a car. I own a Volkswagen Jetta. Volkswagen. Like bare, bare bones. <laughs> what year? Like, 2017 oh that's not i thought you were gonna have a beat up no beat no, up no. i got i leased it and i just bought it but it is like bare bones minimum like cheapest car i could find that was new dream so you don't have a dream car um i would probably say like a really nice bmw but i don't know like any of the lines that's okay. just like cars are just one of those things where like I don't have like that much money to my name. So no, really money is like no, money is no option here. This is dreaming. That is true. Let's I'm going go something like a Ferrari then. That'd yeah. Cool. yeah. I'm for sure going some top of the line. I, I've always been a, a huge Dodge Viper fan. So I would probably do that just for, you know, <laughs> just for fun. Why not? Uh, but I'm a truck guy now. And so I'd probably try to go something big if possible. Um, all right. So uh, we'll kind of keep moving. Favorite place you've ever visited. London, England. Okay. Is there anywhere that you haven't visited but want to visit? I want to do like a Southeast Asia tour at some point. So like Thailand or Indonesia, something like that. Yeah, over abroad, out of the country for sure. No, that's – anytime I get out of the country, I've been once in my life. So um, I I loved every minute of it. Uh, Yeah, I've been twice and the only two – both times are to the UK. Really? Yeah. I got to do it. Uh, Favorite football team? Philadelphia Eagles. Mm, unfortunately. Quick We're question. Eagles right now. Quick question. I, I know. I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, quick question on that. Uh, we'll we'll kind of add this into it. Wentz or Hurts? This is the question of the day. 
probably hurts for now. Just the Eagles are a huge mess. Yeah. No, like I... we, we, we talked about it before, like before Daryl Morey came on board with the Sixers, how like the whole Sixers hierarchy was all a mess with like the Colangelo or Brian Colangelo getting fired and like 15 people having input. It's like the Eagles are like that right now. It was like some power struggle between the GM and Doug Peterson and the GM yeah. one. And now it's just like turning into a cluster. Yeah. Well, that's how it always happens. It, 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 there's any butting up heads up top, it it's it screws the franchise for a good bit. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure one of like the big points too is like whether they should keep Carson or move on. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do. Uh, we'll try to do all seven of the questions I have left uh, left here. First job. First job, uh, data analyst for a data company. Nice. Uh, first car. Volkswagen Jet or. That I own is a Volkswagen yeah. Jetta. That I drove in high school was a Chevy Trailblazer. Nice. Um, would you rather a three-pointer or a dunk? Dunk. It's way way harder to dunk. <laughs> so, but it, but when you're watching the game, what what what's more exciting to you? Just somebody dropping, you know, a teardrop three-pointer or slamming it dunk. Definitely a dunk because I'm a Sixers fan. So, like, Ben Simmons <laughs> is never shooting threes. I saw that last night. We'll get into that. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, all right. The last four. Um, if you could be a breed of a dog, which one? This is a thinking questions. Probably just like a yellow lab. Yeah. So, cl- so, classic. The American dog. Yeah. Last three. Uh, if you could add in, if you add anything other than toast or cheese, is it still called a grilled cheese? So if you add a tomato to your grilled cheese, is it a grilled cheese? If you added a piece of turkey to your grilled cheese, is it yes. a grilled cheese? Still yeah. a grilled cheese. Yeah, because like I know like there's some people in my family who like pepperoni on their grilled cheeses. It's still a grilled cheese. Yeah. Okay, so Ryan drew the line at protein. If you add protein to a a, a, a grilled cheese, it's a bitch. It's a. I don't think I milk. would add anything outside of pepperonis or tomato soup. <laughs> After that, then it's gonna get like it gets weird. Yeah, somebody said that uh, he shot me down real quick. He's like, "It's a melt." I'm like, "God, that's so it's such smart answer." I'm not that smart, but that's a smart <laughs> answer. Um, all right, last two. Which dinosaur would you bring back? pterodactyl all right those things are kind of cool they they are that that answer is always funny this is uh probably the most thought-provoking um are there more people or chairs in the world chairs what's your reasoning behind that because a lot of people go initially to people i'm just i'm just thinking of like in like any city a giant just think of one giant office building how many chairs right. are in there yeah and then I like new york has what how like hundreds yeah. if not thousands of those buildings <laughs> it's so funny each one of those has thousands of chairs right and there's definitely more chairs in those buildings than people that work in the building yeah and and at your home i, I always challenge people walk around your house after you listen to this pod, don't turn it off now. Or you know what? Do it while you're listening to us. Walk around your house. Count all the chairs in your house. I oh, guarantee I it's 10 times the people that live in that house. 100%. Like, there's going to be 10 times the people. Um, yeah, there's two people that live here, and there's seven chairs. <laughs> okay, so not quite 10 times. But there's a lot. There's a lot more chairs than people in each house. Like if, I, um, if I'm thinking of, like, my parents' house, there's got to be at least, like, 25 30 chairs there we we counted 40 at my father-in-law's house which oh is re- ridiculous because <laughs> a, a couch is some kind of a chair uh anyway um all right let's so let's get into the 76ers a little bit um they've been up and down all around covid in and out of covid uh injuries now there's a lot that's going on and so i kind of wanted to bring you on this because i try to see what i can do and base the grizzly schedule around my friends the people um that i kind of work with but also some um uh, some family and we're going to have some different people on this podcast but we just got done playing the 76ers last night i don't want to quite get into that game as of now 
I want to kind of get into the 76ers as a whole that you've seen so far. The 76ers right now are nine and five on the season. They are seven and one at home and two and four on the road. I think I heard someone say last night that they are 0 and four when Embiid does not play. So four of those five losses are without Embiid. So he was out again last night against the Grizzlies. Embiid will be out again at the Thunder tonight. Uh, I do believe that is a six o'clock game central, uh, five o'clock or six o'clock your time. I don't know. I'm confused. Seven o'clock your time. Seven my time. Um, and they're currently fourth in the East. So give me your thoughts as a 76ers fan so far on how their season has gone so far. Sure. So I mean, they, along with all those other records that you stated, this started off the season seven and one. And the one loss was a game that Embiid sat in off a of back-to-back. Yeah. Um, and he's sitting tonight as well after having a log like high 30s, maybe even 40 minutes in a couple games with a COVID-wrecked roster, which why Sixers games weren't canceled then, I have no idea. Yeah. But that's a whole other issue. Um, But I I think the Sixers are in a pretty good spot, actually. Seth Curry is out injured right now, but when their starting lineup is out there, they've been crushing people. So hold on. Awesome. Real quick. So Seth, I know he's out. I do believe it. He tested positive for COVID. Is that right? Yeah. So the one game that the Sixers lost with Embiid was against a KD and Kyrie less Nets before mm. the Harden trade. Yeah. Um, but it was also the game where they found out that Curry tested positive in the middle of the first quarter. Right. So make what you want out of that. Like if the rest of the team knew about it, it was oh, also on the 100%. second day of a back-to-back. So like – I don't know, just a weird, weird trap game spot where they probably should have won the game, but I'm not going to hold it against them. Um, but with ever since that happened, the whole roster has just been in flux. So they haven't had any stability. And with new coaching staff, shortened offseason, I can't imagine that that helps at all. Yeah, um, uh, it's definitely yeah. something I think that's holding them back is um, – the injury bug but also just kind of making sure filling out the season a little bit you don't want to just you know we're, we're in I think 20 percent of the season very very early um, I, I know you can overreact a lot of ways but I don't think there's anything that uh, you wouldn't look at that team and say that they are a bad team in any way that they could not challenge for the east finals uh, for sure uh, and so I uh, I actually have a lot that you probably don't know that how I feel about the 76ers. I'll share that after um, all my questions I put out, so I don't want to tip my hand too much. Um, but my other question is on the new additions. I know you have Seth Curry um, and some other guys. What are your thoughts on them? Or do you like the new additions that Daryl Morey brought over, such as like Danny, Danny Green, Seth Curry, a lot of shooting? Um, what's your thoughts on the new additions? Oh, I think the – New additions are fantastic. Obviously, you have to start with the Seth Curry trade um, where they sent out Josh Richardson and got back Seth Curry. Um, I think that's like the was the easiest win-win trade for both teams this offseason. Obviously, the Mavericks need to pair some defense along with Luka in the backcourt, and the Sixers need shooting around Ben and Joel. Um, I think the next best addition was probably Dwight Howard. Dwight's been awesome for the Sixers so far. He played really well last night. Um, and he's by far the best backup to Joel since Joel's been on the Sixers. Yeah. And more he was able to sign him for the vet minimum, which I don't know how. Um, Danny Green, a good addition. Obviously just a veteran presence. He's so old though. Like you're going to have those nights where he's just off like the Grizzlies game. Um <laughs> But then he helped them a lot when they were kind of injury ravaged. He had a huge game the game before against Miami when they had nine or ten guys on the roster. So, yeah. Um, so far, I think the additions have been have suited the Sixers well. Um, pretty much, mine is Howard. Every addition has been able to shoot, which really helps a lot. Yeah. 
And then I think one of the other major additions that we need to talk about is Tyrese Maxey. Yes. He's been awesome. I think when Fultz was drafted, he was supposed to be like a higher upside Maxey, able to initiate and shoot off the dribble if needed. Um, obviously, we all know how that worked out. And he was doing really well before he tore his ACL in Orlando. But Maxey's provided a great spark off the bench, and he filled in nicely when the Sixers had eight guys. When, when we look back on this draft class, is Maxi going to be a top five player in that draft class? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know if he'll be top five, but he'll easily be top 10, I would say. Okay. I like If you look, like, I'm just trying to think five guys off the top of my head right now. You have to start with Lamelo, Wiseman, um, Wiseman, Halliburton. Mm, yes. He's been awesome. Okoro doesn't put up like offensive stats at all, but he's been good for Cleveland. He's awesome defensively. Right. Um, I mean, he's got a chance to crack the top five for sure. Peyton Pritchard's been really good for Boston. Yeah. Um, I would probably put Maxie over Pritchard, but that's really biased because I hate the Celtics and I love the Sixers. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's definitely, he should push for the top 10 easily. Yeah, I like that. And um, I think someone who's been very good for the Grizzlies has been Desmond Bain. Uh, yes, been, Desmond Bain is also one um, as well. Yeah, I think he'll be a top 10. Uh, top five is so hard because there are uh, – I think this draft class is going to surprise people. There's going to be a lot of really good role players. I I think that comes out of here. There's no superstar. Maybe Lamelo's got the name. Uh, maybe Wiseman because he's playing in a good spot. He eventually just kind of catapults himself. But – um, I do like Maxi uh, a, a lot. So my questions about your team, we won't stay on the 76ers forever, but I'm trying to give my Grizzlies fans a little insight on each of these other teams. So um, a hometown feel, you're kind of on the, on the ground floor of what's going on in your team. My biggest question, what's holding them back from not winning a championship because only one team wins from winning the East and you know competing for a championship what's holding your team back so i think the the sixers are if you watch the sixers a lot it's kind of obvious that they're just like one primary ball handler away okay like not just not just like a maxi or a shake milton but like a star ball handling player like can't be ben simmons because he won't shoot off the dribble and Tobias is, has been too inconsistent and doesn't handle the ball well enough. If they can somehow manage it, some sort of primary initiator who the defenses have to respect from at least like 20 feet out, then it's going to open everything up to the Sixers. It, um, it, I think that's like the one big thing because as long as Joel Embiid's on the floor, which you say what you want about his health and whatnot, but if he's on the floor, he makes the Sixers defense like a thousand times better. And he's also a superb offensive player. So do you compare him with just a, like one of the best ball handlers in the league who can just pull up from three or run a pick and roll and get to the rim? It just, it will open everything for the Sixers offense. Okay. And defensively, um, as long as Joel's on the floor, they should feel right. Top. Yeah, Joel Embiid, he, he's so good when he's on the court. Um, he's just been off the court so much with major injuries or just, you know, whatever has happened. Um, as long as he's healthy, the Sixers will be good. Uh, Simmons and, and, and Embiid play well together. Uh, but I do think they're missing something. I don't know what it is. A lot of people are saying Bradley Bill. I don't – I know he's good, but – I guess Ben Simmons would be then allowed to break down the defense and dish out more um, and Embiid, you know, can still be Embiid. That would not hurt him at all. But then it's just like, how do you figure out contracts? Do somebody take on Tobias Harris? Is Tobias Harris still there? Then you're way over the cap. It's just a lot of craziness could happen. But um, I don't want to get in too much on that. But I do want to eventually ask questions about the East. But let's continue the 76ers. How do you think they will finish in the standings? They are fourth currently. Where do they finish? Who, who's above them right now in the East? I know the uh, Celtics, uh, Milwaukee, and Indiana, who I love. Ooh, Those Indiana's are the top three. Um, and they're all within a game or two of each other. This is very yeah, early. 
I know the the one wild card is the Nets. Yeah, is the there... Nets are fifth at eight and six, one game behind Philadelphia. So I could see the Sixers finishing third behind Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Okay. Okay, so you think Boston falls because you hate Boston? <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I don't see for the Sixers to fall lower than five. Miami would probably have to go on a big run. Yeah, and I, I have never been a big, even with the finals push last year. I haven't been high on the Heat. I think the Heat also need another guy like the Sixers do. Yeah, I think the Heat definitely need somebody. Um, Three, four, five, six. I had the Heat picked as the seventh team, uh, six or seven. I changed a couple times, but six or seven, because I'm not a big believer in the Heat. They are not a regular season team. They are very much a a team that will show up in the playoffs and they showed up in the bubble and they played well. And that's why they got to where they were. Um, mm-hmm. They caught lightning in a bottle. So um, my last question, you kind of hit on a little bit. Who are the teams that are your biggest threat? I know you've mentioned, um, you know, the Nets, but who who really are your biggest threat? Who are your bad matchups? Who are, who are the teams that you don't want to play um, in the East only? I think the worst matchup for the Sixers right now on paper is probably the Nets. Okay. Because obviously Ben Simmons is a very good defender. You throw him on one of Durant, Harden, or Irving. But then I don't know who you have guard the other two. Yeah. Whereas they don't really have anyone to guard Embiid. That's that was my question. But Dwight, you know, Dwight Howard's the backup. So you have Embiid. So you have two bigs that you could still say the same lineup. Who did they have? DeAndre Jordan? There's no way DeAndre uh, – he, either he doesn't play or if he does play, he, he gets eaten up by Embiid. Yeah, you just get in foul trouble. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the one thing with, like, all the Eastern Conference teams. Like, no one really has anyone to man up Joel with. Yeah. Like, if they play the Bucks, the Bucks wouldn't throw Giannis on him. It'd probably be Brooke Lopez, and they would probably – what they were doing last year when they played, they put Giannis on Ben Simmons and have him like rove around like a free safety because mm. like they're not, he's not going to guard him from the perimeter at all. Yeah. Um, the Celtics, good luck with that. Like Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice, like I don't, I, that can't go well. But Jalen Brown's been really good for them. So they're going to have one of Tatum or Brown without Simmons on them. Um, Adebayo has never really done the best job of guarding Embiid. Um, I guess the Pacers, like if they played the Pacers in the playoffs, that would be really interesting since they have Miles Turner. Right. Um, but I don't know if Miles Turner, like one on one with Joel, is like the best matchup, but just he'll be able to clog up a bunch of stuff in the paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like the one trump card the Sixers have. They have Joel on the offensive end where he's going to be the best center on the floor in every playoff matchup. Right. Until the finals if they somehow get there. Yeah, if he's on the court, he will be the best for sure. Um, we all know that. Uh, so my my quick thing about the um, – um, on the 76ers um, and, the, and the Pacers, I love those two teams. Um, I am a fanboy of both of them this year. The Sixers? I, I have never been a 76ers fan. Wow, you've done a 180. That's awesome. I have. For the simple fact, and I've kind of stuck with my guns. I've learned that over doing um, you know, our podcast when we were with the ball don't lie and uh being in the locker room, I've learned that I kind of get my teams and I stick with them, no matter if they end up sucking or not. But I am all on the 76ers and the Indiana Pacers bandwagon. If they somehow do not play on each other's side of the um, on the tournament going into the East, I see both of those teams easily winning their side of the bracket and then going to battle in the finals uh, of the Eastern Conference. Um, going you think they're in- getting past one of them's getting past Milwaukee and one of them's getting past Brooklyn? Yes, I can see it because I do think those teams are good, but I think these are actual basketball teams and not just superstars. And I think that these teams can, 
gel and have chemistry enough where I, I think they can both go. I put my money on having uh, two teams join together in the finals, NBA finals, and I picked the Lakers and the 76ers. I got it at plus 2,500, whatever. Oh, wow. But that was my like pick. The, all the values on the Sixers there then. It is. And so I'm down with the 76ers, uh, but I'm a huge fan of uh, Sabonis, uh, mainly on the Pacers. Yeah, know, he's been crushing it this year. I know Karis LeVert. He's Brogdon. Yeah, and Karis LeVert, uh, whatever he has, I, I hope it's uh, not it's, it's not um, cancer or whatever that, you know, whatever they found on him. I don't want to go into that too much. I'm not a smart guy, so I don't want to go too far into that. But I hope that they're okay. Uh, but I know we're 20 plus minutes into this. We try to keep it short, but is there anything short you can kind of tell us on the Bradley Beal stuff that's going on? Is he traded or he not traded? And then the Nets bringing Harden. Cool, not cool. Uh, do you think that they will be a tough team after he fed those points last night? Obviously, but do you see the Nets as being a, uh, just a powerhouse as well? Um, so I think Beal is... Obviously, he's like the bell of the ball right now with Harden now moved. I'm not sure if he would get moved this season, though. I feel like that would be kind of rash by on the Wizards' end. Okay. Because, I mean, if you look at all the, like, these, tra- these trades for superstars or stars have, like, gotten ridiculous. Right. Like, it all started with the – Davis and Paul George trades, mm-hmm. and then Drew Holiday got was fetched for what three first round picks, yeah. which is yeah. ridiculous. And then Harden, the full draft capital of the Nets, like literally every pick they could have moved. Um, so if if Beal's gonna be moved, it's at a minimum for what four first round picks minimum <laughs> right so, well unless you and, get a young star back you have to get something back mm-hmm. oh they absolutely they would um like at least on the sixers end they're going to be in that discussion for sure so miami until boston probably it's more of like from the sixers perspective like is it worth moving ben simmons in a deal like that or is it you're moving other assets yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what you would do. I would love for him to be on the Sixers, but right. I think a more like realistic target, unless it somehow straight gold would be like a Zach Levine. Mm. But I, don't I think know. that's I think that's a sneaky good pickup is getting Zach Levine for fifty uh, percent of what you can get uh, Bradley Bill for, and getting close to the same product, not same, but close to a, a really good production from a guy who can bring you uh, a lot of good stuff that happens on the court at a lower uh, price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the only other, like the issue that I see, because the hard injury that was set up was having Ben Simmons go yeah. to Houston. Then in that scenario, the Sixers would ideally resign Harden when he's like 33, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but with a Beal or Levine, you're, you'd be re-signing them right as they're either in their prime or entering their prime. So just if you're not going to trade Simmons or Tobias in a trade like that, how you make the money work on an extension for one of them, I'm not sure. Yeah. So there's not really – any other GMs who are more qualified to figure that out than Daryl Morey. So I'm glad he, the Sixers head of basketball operations now, but we'll see what happens. It should be interesting. I, I wouldn't expect Beal to be moved until this off season at the earliest, if he's moved at all, yeah. but I can see Zach Levine on the move somewhere. For sure. And, and I think that, I, I think that Zach Levine will be traded this year. I, I don't think that, that you get a higher price ceiling than where he's at kind of right now. There's not many people on the trade market that, you know, people are looking at besides Bill and Levine. There's others, but very, they're not on that level. Um, and so I think they can definitely get a, a good price for a guy uh, and a player like Levine. But uh, yeah, we're gonna... interesting too, because like, at least in the Sixers perspective, I would imagine like if they try to go into the Levine sweepstakes, the Bulls would probably ask for Ben Simmons. Um, wow. Now, like, 
Wow. If that, I, this is where I, like, that would just be what I would imagine. I, I can't imagine be for, if it's Tobias, then the Sixers would be sending additional stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it could be a possible deal where Simmons goes out the door and then, like, the Bulls send Levine and some other stuff. Like, I could see that happen for sure. You'd have to get Colby Y. I, I, I don't, there's a lot that they would have to send over. I don't know why you would send somebody like Ben Simmons for a Zach Levine when I think if you sent Ben Simmons for you know, a player like Bradley Bill, I think you can make that work, but still, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to talk too, too much about that because I don't know enough about that, but I don't know why you would ever send Ben Simmons out for, you know, I just, like the last like five games, Simmons has been awful. He's been yeah. so bad. Yep. Like he racked up, he racked up counting stats last night, but he like, he's not going to the rim. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get in that in a second. Uh, and we'll hop into the Grizzlies predictions and uh, kind of review the week that was. But real quick, uh, since we're kind of still on you at the moment before we get into Grizzlies, tell us a little bit about what you have going on right now. And we'll kind of use this as a break in between. So what do you have going on? I know you're doing stuff over at the lead sports media still. Um, but give us a little bit of insight on what you have going on in your life right now. Um, I'm not much really. I've just been, it's been like kind of hectic lately. I've been working on a job search, just um, in my free time, just been trying to build out a DFS lineup optimizer in Excel. Mm -hmm. So it just takes all the players playing and projects an optimal lineup percentage for every player and stuff. Yeah. So that's been a lot of research and trying to figure out stuff in Excel and other coding languages that I've never done before. Just right. like rolling around. Um, and when that is done, I will post it somewhere, ideally at thebaselineanalytics.com, which is where I put, it's kind of like a blog site where I just post all my stuff on there. Okay. Um, but other than that, I've just been focusing on trying to find a new job Gotcha. So I haven't been like too focused on basketball stuff. I've been watching all the Sixers games. Right. But, uh, but still writing for the 76ers lead with the lead sports media? As of now, yes, but I haven't had really time to sit down and yeah. hash anything out. I would I would like to write about Simmons and just how he's been bad, but I just <laughs> it's I tough. gotten around to it. Yeah, no, life is tough right now. And so I uh, kind of want to just bring that in. And kind of let you explain on what you have going on. I know life is, um, you know, crazy with the pandemic and COVID still going on. But let's hop into the Grizzlies real quick. It'll be a lot of me. Uh, feel free to pitch in, Tim, if you have anything to give. Uh, but the review predictions of last week, Ryan said that the Grizzlies would go two and two. I said the same thing. But we had differing opinions. Ryan said that he they would definitely win uh, the first game, uh, which against the Cavs, um, kind of a, a payback game. And they did. He then said the first game of the T-Wolves, we would grab and win that game and then drop the last two. Well, obviously, the T-Wolves the game uh, where Cat came down with COVID, um, they had to cancel that game. And so there were only three games this week. The Grizzlies grabbed a win on uh, at home against the 76ers team that was without Joel Embiid. Um, so they actually went 3-0. and Brings them to a record of six and six. They are tenth right now, currently in the West. Um, I think that the Grizzlies definitely have a lot that they have, can be proud of because they have played and held on to a 500 record now. And John Morant is back. We have um, Triple J and Justice Winslow coming back. But let's review the games. The Grizzlies took on the Cavs. They won 101 to 91. Dylan Brooks put up 21.7 rebounds. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 12.7 rebounds. Tyus Jones, he put up a stat line of 13 points, five rebounds, and seven assists. Totally solid as a starting point guard who is our backup without jaw. Uh, and then Clark put up uh, 15 points and four rebounds. So a good game, another solid game from Brandon Clark. Um, and then Drummond, who was probably the best player on the court that night. 19 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, Andre Drummond has uh, been really good. They just traded for uh, Jared Allen with the Cavs, so I'm curious what they do with Drummond, Love, and Jared Allen. 
But the next game after that, the Grizz took on the uh, Timberwolves, another W this week, 118 to 107. The Grizzlies won that game by going 38 to 17 in the fourth quarter. The Grizzlies went on a run and never looked back in the fourth quarter. Uh, end up winning that game by 11. JB, great game all around. He always plays well against the Timberwolves. He had 24 points, 16 rebounds. Uh, Brandon Clark, another solid game, 19 points and nine rebounds, one away from a double-double. Grayson Allen, surprise of the game, 20 points. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, 15 points. And Xavier Tillman, um, been solid as of late. He put up a, a stat line of 12 points and five rebounds. But on the other hand, we had three guys on the Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell, 25 points, eight assists. Carl Anthony Towns, 25 points, 14 rebounds. Beasley, 28 points, six rebounds, five assists. Those three guys on the Minnesota Timberwolves, 78 total points. The rest of their team combined for 29 points. That is the story of the Timberwolves. They have three guys, and they have three guys only. Um, real quick, they, they Tim. have three guys and they play no defense, so yeah. everyone plays well against the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, is this a Timberwolves team that is pretty much the the game that you get up for to go put up your stats as an opposing player? Oh, it has to be them or like the Trailblazers or the Kings. Yeah, who played no like, defense? Yeah, just or the Wizards. Wizards are another great one. Yeah. That's true. Um, and, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on the big three and uh, the Timberwolves land with Beasley, Russell, and Towns. They have three players and three players only pretty much. Um, do you think that they're happy? I know D'Angelo Russell and Carnathan Towns are friends, best friends. And Beasley, Malik Beasley has looked really well as of late. Are they happy? Because they're playing and they're balling out but they don't have no surrounding cast or whatever's happening there. It's just not working. What's going on in uh, Minnesota. You think people get upset or they ride out this year? I, I don't know. I mean, the only person whose happiness really matters is cats. Yeah. Like, Malik That's why Beasley, they brought in Russell. I, Malik Beasley. I like him a lot as a player. Might maybe getting overpaid. I don't know. Also got all the Larsa Pippen stuff going on, so I don't know what's going on there. But uh, I always thought Russell has been overrated ever since that year he was an all-star in the Nets. Yeah. Um. So Cat's like the big one. I mean, it just it just seems really reminiscent of Anthony Davis's time in New Orleans. Yeah. Like they just they'll field a competitive team every now and then that. We'll sneak into the playoffs at the eight seed. Those Pelican teams always ran into the Warriors. So, like the Dynasty Warriors, so they just got smoked in the playoffs. But, I mean, the it's not looking good for Minnesota. Like, I, they really, I don't know when Carl Anthony Towns is like contracts up and stuff, but they really need to figure it out before that. Yeah, I'm curious what they do with that because they are now three and eight to start the season. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has uh, COVID, uh, unfortunately. Prayers up for him. He's been, you know, hit hard. Yeah, he's had an awful time with this stuff, more yeah. so than a lot of people. Right, and, and I hope these players take it serious. Um, I know they've kind of some been outspoken, some been very uh, understanding um, that they need to kind of take some extra precautions. But the the guy has been just, um, you know, just wrecked by COVID this year. Lost his mom, a lot of other people around him, as well as having family members close to die um including his dad so uh, don't want to stick on that but prayers up for him but let's get into the game last night um and, and we're and we're recording every sunday um and so this was last night you're going to hear this on monday so this game uh was on saturday night the grizzlies wrote the 76ers it was a a pretty good game um i know that joel and b is, is not there and so and we got john morant back so it's pretty unfair that we got a good player our best player back and they lost their best player but the Grizzlies end up holding on um even though the fourth quarter they were outscored by 10 points I do believe um they won 106 to 104 Brandon Clark put up a, another good game of 11 and 11 Kyle Anderson 11 6 and 5 Ja 
came his first game back, uh, 17 points, six assists. Dylan Brooks, 11 points. Xavier Tillman's 15 points. Grayson Allen, another good game, 12 points, seven rebounds, four assists. And Desmond Bain, our rookie, a top 10, in my opinion, 10 points. Uh, but on the flip side, 76ers, um, Tobias Harris, 21 points. Uh, ben Simmons, who you think is empty stats, 11 points, 16 rebounds, nine assists, one assist away from a triple-double. Maxi 12 points. And then Shake Milton went off for 28 points. I know he's filling the role of Seth Curry because Seth Curry has been just you know doing so well as being that other scorer outside of Ben and Joel. Um, he's kind of stepping up. What's your thoughts just overall about the game and, and just kind of give me anything you want about it. I watched it. Uh, it was also my wife's birthday. Uh, we had a lot of family members over, so I wasn't able to just kind of watch it, you know, a lot. I, I saw it in the background, but I was the host. I had to uh, kind of keep my attention to that. So what's your initial thoughts on the, the game as a whole? Uh, I say it's a frustrating loss. I mean, I don't know. The Sixers had to have like, 25 turnovers something ridiculous um they just kept turning the ball over at least like before the fourth quarter began so that's been a problem it's like played the sixers for i don't know how long um i mean i think if they keep the turnovers down they can possibly pull out a win there but um other than that i love shake and I love Maxie. Mm-hmm. They might be, after Joel, my two favorite players on the Sixers because it feels like it's been so long since they've had uh, guys on the team who know how to dribble and also know how to shoot. So, like, it's just been a breath of fresh air watching them operate, whether it's with the first unit or the second unit. Yeah. But uh, those are, like, my two main takeaways from that game. And also Dwight had a good game. He did. Um, He was even a plus three uh, in the game. Um, I know that's not a big stat, but he put up eight points and uh, 18 rebounds. I probably should have added him on the rundown, but uh, 18 rebounds is huge. Um, Yeah. So like without Joel on the floor, um, it just opens up rebounding opportunities for everyone. So like you, you see Ben with the, what you said, 14 rebounds and Dwight with 18, like, Without him there, there's just a lot more uh, rebound, like rebounding rates for everyone skyrockets. Yeah, 34 rebounds between um, um, Ben Simmons Jeez. and Dwight Howard. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's a ton. Um, and, and if you look at it, Jonas Valanciunas, who I have, you know, I'm going to die on this hill, but Jonas Valanciunas, I say, is a top 10 center in the league. Nine points, seven rebounds, five fouls, like, he was just in foul trouble and Dwight Howard was just a disruptor to him. And they, you know, they, you know, Jonas Valanciunas played 20 minutes because of that. Like, that's just, that's how you win a game, but how you don't win a game. If you look at the turnovers, they did have 23. So you were close, but Tobias Harris, who you're, you're supposed to be one of your better players on this team, especially with them beat out five turnovers, Ben Simmons, seven turnovers. And so that, as you say, empty stats, because it doesn't make up for the nine assists or the, even the 16 rebounds. Seven turnovers is huge, especially for a Grizzly team that is looking to, you know, be a little more aggressive on the defensive end. Uh, and then Shake Milton, another five uh, turnovers. Now, that's how you get to that point of 23. It's just a tough game. Yeah, but Shake's, like, Shake's five are fine because, like, he was at least, like, doing something, right? Like, yeah. He was able to get into the paint. He was able to pull up and hit shots. Like, he was forcing the issue for the Sixers. Like, oh, it seemed like a lot of, like, whereas, like, when Ben drives the rim, he's not even looking to put the ball up off the backboard to, like, even try to score. He's looking to pass first. And NBA teams are smart when you see them, like, start playing passing lanes instead of even, like, attempting to, like, go up with him. Yeah. So it just has increases turnover rate significantly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh, two questions I have about the Grizzlies to an outsider. Any Grizzly, any Grizzlies players that stand out to you outside no, of John Moran? Okay. D'Anthony Melton's awesome. And then okay. like 
I need to watch more of uh, Desmond Bain, but he's been good so far. Yeah, he was shooting over 50% um, last week when I was looking at, which is from the three-point line. That that is uh, that that's crazy in itself. Um, I'll give you the stat in a second while I'm talking. But uh, what's what pops out to you about Dante and Melton? Um, I know he is beloved here and signed on a very good contract for the Grizzlies. Uh, nobody really even offered him much in the offseason, which is crazy. It's probably from his bubble, you know what he what happened there. But what 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 do you like so much about Dante Melton? He's just a role player. Uh, well, I'll I'll respond with a question like when you watch the Sixers what do you think of like Shake or Tyrese Maxey yeah they're they're great players and they're young very good contracts and they're only going to get better and they're they honestly they're disruptors and they know how to score the basketball is what I Mm -hmm. like about them yeah Melton's like the same exact mold okay just I think everyone falls in love with players like that um like he'll just come in and like comedy or the second unit and right. like he's like the probably at least for the Grizzlies like the except for when like they're fully healthy and Brandon Clark's also in the second unit like mm-hmm. the like biggest not force but like I'm trying to think of the right word um like he's the one guy you trust out of the five out there consistency and you know that when he comes into the game even though it is a second unit he's a he's kind of an extension off of the starting unit because one he's been there but two he won't he won't beat himself he's going to make you beat him he's not the most athletic he's not the best scorer ever on the court but that's okay he's going to make you beat him so i'm going to transition that into um when triple j uh and Justice uh, come back. I know Ja just came back. What do you think the playoff chances are for the Grizzlies? They're now 10th. They're at a 500 record. Um, we have not seen a good Pelicans team, in my opinion, this, this season. Um, and Minnesota is down. Houston obviously did their trade. I don't know how much they're going to contend for You know the eighth spot. Um, they're definitely a 7-10 to 10 team. San Antonio is right there. Golden State has you know, lost clay. So do you think that this team has a chance to contend or what are their chances in general? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think like when you start with the West, you have to think of the teams that are definitely not going to make it. Um, like you can, I think you write off Minnesota. They're right. pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Is that it though? I really don't want to write off Sacramento but they also can't stop anyone. So I'll throw them out too for now. Okay. And I don't want to throw out New Orleans either, but I mean, they haven't really shown anything offensively. Like Brandon Ingram has been really good this year, but it's like really funny because they were so good offensively last year and couldn't stop anything. And they've completely flipped. They have like a top five defense right now, but their offense is super stagnant. Yeah, that's a that's uh-huh. a changing mid coach too. But if you look at their schedule, they played some pretty good teams. So I don't want to jump too much on that. They are the rival of the Grizzlies, so I would love for them to suck. But mm-hmm. um, and then I want to I like I think everyone wants to write off Oklahoma City, but they're also five hundred right now. So they've been surprising a lot of people. Yeah, um, Shea has been really good for them. He's been obviously like inconsistent with like points and whatnot like the counting stats every game because if they're getting blown out he's not gonna be on the floor um right but i think the two biggest wild cards for the grizzlies getting into the play-in are uh like houston i really want to see what they look like with um victor oladipo now in the mix and no harden because john wall has looked like surprisingly good like, I think the Wizards kind of regret doing that trade. Hmm. And Christian Wood has been a beast. So oh, for sure. They're, I mean, I'm not really expecting them to stop anyone either, but, I mean, they're set up to be really good offensively. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to come down to that those play-in games. I, I think this Grizzlies team is a 7-10 to 10, uh, team spot. I just do. I, I know Golden State is going to be – they're going to hover the whole year. 
San Antonio is going to hover just because they're veteran laden teams. Oklahoma City has been really good this year too. Yeah, like they they're have. fun to watch. Yeah, and Oklahoma City, I think it's eventually going to fall down just because as the season goes on, they're going to separate themselves. They have not got hit with the injury bug at all for the most part. So I think that that'll somehow work itself out. If they stay healthy the whole year, then obviously they can stay there. But Sacramento hasn't looked great. New Orleans has a tough schedule so far. Houston, I think, will continue to fall. Um, I just don't know if they're that great in a in a in a tough West. So I think they have uh, good chances. But uh, let's get into this next week. Uh, the Grizzlies haven't. Can, can I ask you a question? Really? Yeah. Quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Who Who do you think will be the seventh through ten with Memphis? All right. Um, and so I think if you do the top six, you think uh, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Phoenix, for sure. I, I think all four of those teams are good mm-hmm. regular season teams. I would teams. agree with you on that. Uh, but then Port- it would be five and six is the question. Yeah, so I like, think – You would think Denver would be. Uh, yeah, so I was going to say, I think Denver figures it out, and they are the five of that. And then with Christoph Porzingis coming back, I think Dallas ends up being there. And so you have those six – what the difference is, is Porton just lost Nurkic. And so you have Enos Cantor actually being your starting five, which is fine for he a Band-Aid. Last night, he was awesome. Yeah, but for a two-month Band-Aid, who knows? Um, we're talking about a, a small sample size. So a two-month Band-Aid, we don't know what Cantor looks like. He, I, he also did that, what, two years ago when yeah. Nurkic went down, and he was really good for them when they made a playoff push. Exactly. So, I mean, there's track record there for it. Well, yeah, well, they, I know last year they had Hassan Whiteside when uh, when Nurk two when years Nurk, ago. Yeah, Nurk, oh, was it? That was yeah, the bubble. He was he right. was on the Trailblazers before he went to Boston, and then he came back. Guys, okay, 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 I got you. Okay, cool. Um, and so I I think you have uh Portland San Antonio, um seven eight Golden State there Memphis. I I would say that. Portland will somehow hold on to that seven seed. I don't see them dropping that far with CJ and Dame. CJ just went down as well, so they're going to be injury. Depends on that CJ injury. Do you know mm-hmm. if he's out for a long time? Uh, they said like a foot sprain last night. Okay. I guess he's going to get an MRI today. I don't know if they've done right. that yet. Yeah, we we don't so. know that out. So um, if, if for some reason CJ's out for, um, you know, I say a month or two months that changes their stuff. They definitely could fall a little bit. Yeah, They would need Anthony Simons to really step up. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens, but I think San Antonio falls down. I think golden state, this golden state team is uh, better than what people expected. They're, they're so like, they're the biggest wild card to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're good or not. I, I think they end up being the seven seed personally. And then I okay. think you think you had the, the battle like we had last year. Houston, Minnesota, Sacramento, and OKC, I think, are the bottom of the West. And with that, you have New Orleans, Memphis, San Antonio, all kind of battling right there. I wouldn't – and Portland. I I think that the Grizzlies end up being the ninth because unless unless Jaron and Justice come back and look amazing, I think the Grizzlies end up finishing ninth. I think they're better than uh, this New Orleans team. And I think they're better than, you know, most of these teams down here, but they haven't had really good luck so far. If they can, if they can get good luck, I think they will be a, you know, top eight team, but it hadn't happened so far. So give me the ninth seed. I, I predict them to be in, they'll have to do the play in game, which is fine. Um, that's not really, really want, where you want to be in a, in a good draft coming up, but I think, always playing well and developing your players to be winners, I think is much more important than trying to tank and, and potentially think about next year. So. Yeah. It's a good thing that uh, the pick conveyed last year to Boston. Right. Then I agree. This year. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's get into um, to the predictions for this week coming up. The Grizzlies have four games. Um, like I said earlier, they are six and six. They're on a four game win streak. Uh, they play Phoenix Monday, Martin Luther G- Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, day. Uh, they're on TNT at 4 o'clock Central. Uh, then they go on the road, two games against the Blazers. Wednesday, they play a 9 o'clock Central game. And then Friday, they play the Blazers again, 9 o'clock game. Come back home, um, another day of rest. And they play the Kings at 7 o'clock Central. So I don't know if you want to go, if you already have this and thought of it, but um, any predictions on the Grizzlies week five? 
do you think what do you think they're predicting what do you predict them to be this week record wise I, I can see two and two that's that's the cop out that's what I'm giving and I felt so I mean, bad about giving that is that because I feel like I'm 500 I've, I've done this now and I've been 500 almost every week which is so terrible but I think I mean I I mean, if you look at it, like Phoenix is going to be a tough game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop that game. So that's zero one. Yeah. And the two games at Portland, I think it either goes one and one or zero and two. It kind of really depends on like CJ. I think. Yeah. Well, I think uh, CJ will be out at minimum a week. Yeah, minimum. I mean, I'm not going to speculate because I just have no idea. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, you're going against. We've seen. Damian Lillard in those situations right. before where it's like just him. He, like, it wouldn't shock me if he pops off in one of those games. Yeah. Well, and then I'm, it also wouldn't shock me if, like, you guys blew him out in one of the games because they're yes. so bad defensively. So, like, I look at that as a split. Okay. And then the Sacramento game is interesting because that's also the first game of a back-to-back, and both games are against Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, I feel like most of those back-to-back against the same teams, whether they're the two days or one day, off day, and then the next game, like, I feel like teams have just been splitting those all year. Yeah, for sure. And the, and they, uh, and they would be coming off of a Friday night game as well as us. Um, and they were at home. So, they, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, weird travel that's going on that they would have. They're pretty much coming from home to the Grizzlies. So I would say the first game, De'Aaron Fox always plays well against John Morant. Always, 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 always. Whatever it is, for some reason, he plays well against um, John Morant. He's like one of those few guards who has like the speed and the quickness to just keep up laterally and like forward with him. Yeah. So. For sure. Um, I think that the Grizzlies dropped this game to Phoenix um, on TNT. I was going to say that the Grizzlies was finished two and two, but I'm tired of being 500. So I'm going to say they grabbed both games at Portland. Oh, that's bold. Because we have never been killed by Damian Lillard. Ever. Ever. CJ McCollum is the Grizzlies killer. You should just, just record that and play that after he drops like 60 in one of the games probably and that's probably going to happen but that's okay that's why i'm going out on the limb here i think they go three and one i think they uh get their uh, winning streak cut down by phoenix and chris paul because chris paul he was with the clippers forever and just always somehow was our rival and he'll end up you know channeling that inner rivalry and beating us on national television grizzlies fly out two games portland win both of those without Nurkic, without uh, CJ McCollum and then they come home and win the first game of Sacramento the job versus Fox show three and one this week that would put them at nine and seven and I think you would get some people talking but at worst if if they're eight and eight I'm not mad about it at all so I wanted to go two and two, and I was. I have it written down two and two. But since you said it, and I felt like it was a big cop out, I've talked myself into going three and one. So we're gonna do that. I don't think mine is cop out. I talked through all the games. No, I agree. I, I want to do two and two, but I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say it. So uh, we'll revisit that this next week. Um, this was fun. I know we went on a lot longer than I expected. We heard a lot of seventy uh, six. We talked a while, man. Yeah, we, we talked to a lot of 76er stuff, which I love. I, our fan base, um, I, I think this new podcast, this new style we're doing things, it allows people to kind of get to know other fan bases a little bit, other teams a little bit more in depth, because I can only give you so much of my knowledge, but every week we're going to continue to have somebody on that's going to be a fan of another team. Uh, we have a lot of fun things planned. I have um, some people that are a lot more important than both me and you that I have planned to come on. Uh, I don't want to give it out yet because we're working on the, the right dates. And so I just want to make sure that uh, each guest kind of has his time. And I want to make sure that we have the right guests for the right times. And so uh, next week, I don't know what we're doing next week. Um, I don't know who that would be, but I do have a plan for, uh, I have three people already lined up uh, for us. And so they will be really good. Uh, 
And our guests so far have been really good uh, with leading us off with Sandeep and then Ryan and now you. So we got my ball don't lie family, my free basketball family, the lead family, all those people done. And so uh, we might go live first three weeks. Yeah. Like to hear it. Yeah. So we might uh, we might go off in different directions here and there. Uh, Some some Memphis people, some other directions. And so. We'll see how it goes, but I, I know this has been fun uh, for me. It always is, uh, and I always get to enjoy having my friends on uh, on my podcast. And so um, uh, thanks out to Ryan again and Cody for allowing me to kind of go off in this Grizzlies direction. It's always been a, a good time. But, um, but Tim, where can they find you at if they're looking for you and maybe any picks? Because you're always doing some kind of betting. So where, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me at Tim Andrews underscore 13 on Twitter. Yep. And then let me look at the games today. I was about to say, uh, let me go off mine and then you give us uh, anything that you see uh, picks wise. Uh, I am at Daniel Greer on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow uh, us on free basketball three. That's is uh, the free basketball account. Um, and then at the lead SM, we are part of the lead sports media. So follow us there as well. The lead has been doing great things lately. Um, and I write for, uh, the Grizz lead Grizz underscore lead. Um, and so you can definitely, uh, they hit 900 followers this past week. They have not been an account very long. And so I think they're doing very good. They're going to, I think that account is growing and, uh, they actually were retweeted by, Anthony Melton, John Moran, and Asia Wilson. Uh, I do believe this past week uh, for some tweet they put out, it, it kind of blew up a little bit. So any picks you have for us? For NBA, Utah is favored on the road at Denver, which seems really weird. Unless there's something I don't know about Denver. Like Nuggets plus one and a half looks well, cool. The, the Jazz have played well lately. I know they are good, but like, I, I mean, it's the Nuggets, like, Right. Those games are always like super tight between those two. 76ers and Thunder. 76ers are favored by two and a half. What do you think? I mean, no, Joel. I would just fade the Sixers if he's not playing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. They're 0 and 4 without him. Like, you know, uh, what game I love is the Pacers at the Clippers. That's a uh, eight what, point. Pacers plus eight. Yes. Pacers plus eight. I'd almost touch that money line. I tickle the money line. I just don't know like who like you can throw Brogdon on one of Kawhi or Paul George, but who's guarding the other one? Yeah. Well, the only like, thing that worries me you, is you throw Doug McDermott on Kawhi Leonard. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and Miles Turner's day to day, so we don't know what he's got going on. Um, and whether or not I think like play. against the Clippers, though, I think like that's not like the end all be all. As long as they have Sabonis, because they don't have like. Ibaka has been pretty good for them, but like they don't have like a giant interior presence that can destroy them. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Well, that's all we have. Um, if you, you know, rate review, uh, anywhere you find your podcast, you can find this one. Uh, we like five star reviews. Uh, we like nice ratings. If you don't like the show, don't listen. We don't need you to listen. We don't care. We don't let, we don't want you to hear Tim, uh, talk good <laughs> things about the 76ers and the Grizzlies, but um, as you all know, um, I, I try to end the podcast on a positive note. Uh, there's always a lot of uh, bad things that happen in the world. So I always try to give my little piece, my talk. And so MLK uh, Day is coming up. And so I have three quotes from him uh, really quick. He says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep moving uh, by MLK Another one, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And last one, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So simple thing this week, um, love each love each other. Be nice to each other. Um, I said last week, don't be a pot stirrer. I enjoy that on Twitter about sports related stuff. Uh, but as it comes to the humans of the world, uh, be nice and uh, do what you can to help out somebody. But uh, that's all we have this week. Tim, thank you again uh, for hanging out with us. We went longer yeah, I than I expected. I, I think another pertinent one for this week with all the 
stuff going on here in DC and you talking yeah. to Sixers fan is just trust the process. <laughs> that is true. Uh, they trusted the process there in Philadelphia uh, with 76ers and it finally paid off. Thank God. Um, so thank you again for coming out, hanging out with us. Uh, like I said, we went on much longer, but you're welcome is all I got to say, people. Uh, fill your ear holes with us. Uh, but that's all we have. Have a good week. Be nice and tell your friends.